it. I know the DJ. Do you? Welcome to episode 14 of But I Know the DJ, a podcast discussing all things DJing, music, nightlife, business, and pop culture through the unfiltered opinions of host Snacks, a.k.a. Snacks the Ripper, powered by Dope Entertainment and our sponsor, Anchor. First off, I'd like to shout out our black-owned business of the week, Zaz Restaurant in Hyde Park, a small modern cafe serving international-inspired new American entrees, burgers, wraps, and salads. Their food is fire. Check them out at 1238 River Street, Boston, Massachusetts, and tell them Snacks he sent you. And now... I'd like to introduce our guest for this episode. Our guest is one of the best and most sought-after DJs in D.C. With regular appearances in major cities such as Los Angeles and Boston, as the nightly DJ on 93.9 WKYS, the go-to yes. DJ for all the major clubs, venues in D.C., and for trusted brands including Nike, the Washington football team, Hyde Lounge, W Hotels, and Broccoli City Festival, our guest roster is steadily growing. His interest in music peaked while attending the University of Maryland, where he started a weekly on-air show at the college radio station WMUC, establishing himself as a DJ and curator over the next three years. Our guest curated an annual concert series at the university where he premiered the now popular artists J. Cole, Wale, and Big Sean, who were up and coming at the time. As a musical influencer within the District of Columbia, Mount Malcolm Xavier's popularity gave way to a weekly party series, Joy Club DC, which features top DJs from across the country at the buzzing venue Cloak and Dagger. In addition, he has curated two successful monthly parties, the Really Big Tequila Party, which has an average attendance of 700 plus, and Joy Club at Wild Days, which has hosted some of the top DJs in the world, including multiple Red Bull three-style champions. Most recently, Malcolm is named uh, one of DigiWax's top 50 record breakers in the country. Our guest is an ever-evolving DJ with a keen sense of what a crowd craves. His goal is simple and singular, to be the best. A goal he is quickly proving to be in arm's reach. We welcome DJ Malcolm Xavier, my guy. Yeah, that was tough to get it. through. <laughs> but uh, yeah, next time, next time <laughs> I'll tell my publicist like, "Yo, chill." <laughs> no, it's good. It's, like, it's a it's a good intro. Much. And and things I was I was just telling our our producer because because you've been name dropped a bunch of times on this podcast already. Um, yeah, I've heard. Uh, we you know no we've podcast had, by the way. Thank you, thank you, bro. You know we're working trying to get um you know just a good breadth of people that are industry related, but you know obviously have good experience. You know I'm just not trying to get Joe Schmo around the way. Um, and, um, and you know, that's, it's with something like this, you know, obviously like during a pandemic, like everyone wants to get on now cause they want something to do. And I'm like, yo, like, mm -hmm. you know, you haven't really done much or like I've been DJing longer <laughs> than you have. Like, it, it just doesn't really make sense. Like, you know, no disrespect. And, uh, yeah. but, um, you know, uh, you know, you fit this in more ways than one, you know, obviously your introduction says a lot, covers a lot of ground. Um, and you also are, um, an out of state DJ. Um, you know, we, we've had a lot mm -hmm. of Boston game here and I would love to just kind of compare, um, you know, the different cities and kind of what's going on. I know just right before we started recording, we just started talking about kind of what DC looks like right now. Um, yeah. So uh, Boston's getting re really bad again. Um, our mayor today at the day uh, we're recording just extended um, the restrictions three more weeks. 
um, you know, uh, 25% capacity, no live entertainment, so no DJs, no bands, no nothing anywhere. Um, what's it looking like in D.C. right now? D.C. is really funny because, you know, D.C.'s big thing on live entertainment from the beginning was right. it's a no-go, like zero, until we get a vaccine. Right. Um, and technically now we have a vaccine, but um, obviously it's not being administered at the speed in which we can all go back outside. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know anything about the DMV area, the borders of Dis- District of Columbia, Maryland, and Virginia are very small and tight-knit. So I could be in Virginia in 10 minutes. I can be mm. in Maryland in 10 minutes. D.C. is closed. Virginia is wide open. And early in the pandemic, there were parts of Maryland that were kind of bordering like, oh, we're open, but we're not a club. We're a restaurant. So we can, yeah. you know, right. like get by and stuff like that. So it's it's very dodgy. Um, I've been staying inside and just not taking gifts because I don't want to take any risks. Mm. Um but, you know, I, I think with kind of with the, the peaks that we're starting to see again, we'll probably be in the same space that Boston is where, yeah. you know, everything is going to shut down fully, at least for the next couple months. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one of the producers, um, he, you know, we linked up because he was a promoter, one of the dudes that used to book me all the time and stuff. And he was just sitting here like, yo, like this is not looking good at all. You know what I mean? It's it's not mm-hmm. nothing's getting much better um, for us. Uh, the vaccines given to the public, uh, I think around like April. Um, is that the same for yeah. DC? They haven't really said um, what the the timeline is. I think they, you know, I've heard that everybody can get the vaccine by around February is what they said mm-hmm. originally when it first came out. Mm-hmm. But it, I, you know, my mom works in healthcare and mm. she's just like, it's not moving at that pace at all. Wow. Like it's going to be a while before we actually get it to all the people that we would need to get it to. Mm. Damn. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't really know Yeah, a real answer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if, if only we knew. Um, and, and it's, it's just crazy to see cause you know, you saying like, you're not taking any gigs, like from, you know, outside looking in, you know, I've, I've, I've been down to DC. I see like you, how you get busy. I see how you get down. I see the love that you get down there. Um, how does just that been feeling in general? You know, it, I know you still have radio on your side, but it's obviously yeah. not the same. It's yeah, it's definitely not the same. Um, I, I still technically I'm working every day because of radio. Mm-hmm. So that's dope. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's sparked a lot of different conversations because now the focus hasn't been so much on, you know, DJing and doing the clubs as it is like independent artists trying to figure out, well, how can I get to radio? Because now they have the free time to kind of connect with, you know, me online. So that Mm -hmm. results in some love because some artists actually have records that make it to radio and a lot of hate because there's a lot of artists that don't have records that make it. Right. But it's opened a lot of conversations in in terms of how we can actually forge relationships. Radio can forge better relationships with artists. So that's been dope. And and for this area, you know, we've been kind of on this cusp of having a really burgeoning music scene for years. Mm -hmm. I think we've made the most progress in quarantine because nobody has anything else but to focus on Mm. trying to figure this problem out as to why we're not popping yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, I mean, you touched on a couple of things, right? So um, playing on 93.99 um, WKYS, um, you've 
mm-hmm. you know, compared to local Boston hip hop and R&B radio, it seems super free flowing. It seems super progressive. Um, you know, I've, I've heard your sets. I've heard your recorded sets in the past. You know, you definitely, and like, and I see you posting like, yo, like it's Biggie's birthday. Like I'm going to do a tribute set. Like that's just cause I feel like it, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. at least that's like the, you know, again, outside looking in, um, how, why do you think that is, you know, it's compared to, you know, like the, the stations we have here, you know, they're very iHeart driven, uh, or like backed, um, you know, why do you think that is? And then have you been able to use that to develop yourself as a DJ? I, I think it's happened for a couple different reasons. For one, you know, iHeart is a very, I don't want to say, they're a very different company mm-hmm. from the company that uh, I work for, which is Radio One. Mm. Um, Radio One is based in D.C. It's always been based in D.C., even though they have stations all across the country now. Um, but it's, you know, f- for the most part, a small company that everybody kind of connects to everyone. Um, and I want to say that allows, you know, a little bit more freedom because for, for me specifically, because when I'm throwing parties and I'm doing all this, that, and the third, you know, my program director can see, oh, people trust what he's doing out in the street, mm. you know, the managers at you know at the station can see oh this guy is actually he actually knows what the pulse is we don't need to like kind of vet him and wow. you know check him versus like you know if you're at iHeart you're kind of part of this big corporation that no manager is going to be able to ever connect with you because you're one of many but I think from what I've witnessed in kind of being up there for in Boston for a couple of years and kind of seeing how radio works is just you know, the problem that exists in radio across the country and the thing that I said I didn't want to be is I didn't want to be kind of the person that's, you know, I don't want to step on any toes. I, I don't. But I'm, <laughs> I, I know I'm putting you in certain, I'm going to be putting you in certain spotlights. Uh, no, but, hot seats, the, but. The, the honest, the honest answer, the really honest answer, the no BS answers, you know, you guys have had, some of the same faces at radio for 20 odd some years. And so I think your motivations become different when you've been in the game that long, you're more thinking about, you know, having a career and having longevity and having this, that, and the third, because you came into a point where radio was like a really profitable Mm. career. Mm -hmm. And I'm coming into it where it's not super profitable. It's like, it's cool. I was still making way more money in the clubs. So my focus was really about creating the same element that I heard when I was a kid. You know, when I was a kid here, the DJs that were hot were like DJ Alize, who broke Wallet, mm. uh, DJ Money, who broke uh, another artist by the name of Fat Trail, Quicksilver, yep. who was responsible for uh, Shy Glizzy. Um, so I wanted to create and keep that same energy and start to help out artists, you know, and kind of just be like that next wave but also not be the same name that you heard for 20 years. So I'm like, I'm here for a good time, not a long time, I I guess, when it comes to radio. So I take a little bit more advantage of just like, let me just do what I want to do. Shoot first, ask questions later. If I get in trouble, I get in trouble. But, you know, uh, it's very rare that I ever do get in trouble. Right, I was going to say, like, I wonder what kind of musical decisions would warrant uh, a talking to. 
Um, you know, when I first started in radio, um, I had a, a really good talk from one of the OGs at the station, DJ Trini. DJ Trini has been at KYS since like 94. Wow. And he, yeah, he's been there. You know, he's been there long enough to play Biggie and Pac on the radio. Mm-hmm. Like, and still play Lil Uzi. You know what I'm saying? Like, so he's seen. He, he got that tenure. Yeah, yeah, he's got the tenure and he's yeah. seen people come and go. And he said, you know, in your first year, don't try to be the man. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. every DJ comes in the radio thinking that they know how to change radio without realizing, like, radio's been around a lot longer than you mm. and it's going to be around after you. So you can come in here and think, oh, yeah, I'm going to do all these different things, but you're better off playing it safe and making your arguments and making your case and making everyone trust and believe that you're making the right decision. So for me, that's what happened. You know, one of the first records I took a chance on and got in trouble for was Mo Bamba. And I remember immediately, <laughs> I got a, I got a text like from my PD immediately. And it's the only time this has ever happened. He's just like, what is this record? Why are you playing this? Wow. And, I'm, and this is like probably half a year before it yeah. takes off. Yeah. I remember you telling me like, I think the last time I, or the, the second to last time I saw you, you were like, yeah, one of the records that I broke was, was Mo Bamba. And I like, because obviously I, yeah. I think at the time it was like the, you know, the biggest song in the world. Um, yeah. And so for a song like that, because because I think when I first heard it, I didn't understand it. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's such a, it was just such a weird record. But like once you, once you understood it, you like, and like, I think it's like when you saw what it did, you were able to like yeah. feel like where they were coming from and like feel with like how the culture is kind of moving. So with a record like yeah. that, like like, and I guess records in general, like how do you just how do you feel that like just from the top? Um, I always look at records in terms of like where do I see them working or who's the audience for it. So like a record like that specifically, you know, I started DJing in like dive bars mm. where it's like super underground, super grimy, super dirty not your bottle service type venues. So I understood that audience better than, you know, DJs who've been kind of in the circuit for a while and are kind of a little bit disconnected from that. I was probably a year or two removed from that. So I understood where that audience lied. And I understood that that was an audience that feels like is not being heard by the masses. But this is also the same audience that usually typically translates to the college audience typically translates to the high school audience because it's usually young kids who don't have the money, excuse me, trying not to sneeze, uh, who don't have the money to get to like here, like the popping clubs or like Rose Bar mm. or St. Eve's or Griffin. Like they don't have the money to go there. So they'll go mm. to a place like here, like Velvet Lounge or Big Chief. Um, and they'll go listen to records that are just these super high energy, you know, mm. mosh type records. Right. And I was just like, oh, I, I know exactly where this is going to work. And there's no, there's nothing else in this lane that kind of fits. So, right. Bro, I, you know, I, once- I, I visited Rose Bar, got fucked out of a drink, dude. Oh, my God. That place is no joke. Really? You came to Rose? Was that I, with It me? wasn't with you. No. So, so I went oh, to Griffin. Okay. I, I went to, to Griffin with you. Um, yeah. And it was because when I went there, I think I was there Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I think I'm going to get all these days wrong. I think the Sunday, it was just like one day where like, you know, maybe you just didn't have anything or we just didn't link that day. And yeah. I had a couple homies that were there 
And, you know, I didn't know much about D.C., like, where it was probably, and they were like, yo, Rose Bar, Rose Bar, Rose Bar. Yeah, Rose and, Bar. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, yeah, like, let's do it. And, like, you know, we pull up, obviously, you know, different city. I don't know anybody. Like, you're literally the only dude I know. Like, I can't name drop nothing. It's not like security knows my face. Like, so I'm just, like, average-ass dude. I'm like, whatever. Like, I'll, you know, I can live. Like, it's fine. And um, yeah. uh, uh, DJ Toons was playing. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's, Tunes think, is playing in D.C.? I think that's a WizKids Whiz DJ, right? I'm thinking Big Tunes. No, 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 no. It was, Boston it was, Tunes. No, 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 no. Uh, not, not, not our tunes. Um, I want to make sure. I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was um, WizKids DJ. DJ Tunes was playing. And that and I didn't know. Sunday. Yeah, it, was, I, it had to have been a Sunday. Yeah, and, it must and, have been a Sunday. And so he was playing, um, and... And by the time we got there, it was some opener who was getting who was he was getting busy, and I looked him up, and he was some some dude who was who was in and around DC pretty 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 actively. I forget his name though. Um, and then DJ Tunes gets on, and like you know, it's um, Casanova was there, so whole corner mm-hmm. crazy popping, and you know we're just standing there like really yeah. just trying to like understand the feel. Like I'm just trying to listen to the DJs and just vibe whatever. We're not definitely not the coolest dudes in there. We don't have a table. No girls are looking at us. Whatever. And I was like, all right. Like I'm gonna yeah. go, I'm gonna go get a drink, whatever. And I think, what did I, what did I order? I got a Hennessy something, and I remember just getting yeah. wrecked off the bill, bro. Like I remember being like, no, I was like, yo, I thought Boston clubs were bad. This was bad. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I've I've heard that it's bad, and you know, being here and and kind of living in it, you don't realize it till you go somewhere else. Right, right, right. And then you realize, like, I remember the first time I went to DJ in Columbus, Ohio. Mm. And, you know, I remember I was DJing there. It was like a Friday night. I can't remember which club it was, but I was there for three nights. Mm -hmm. And the promoter, you know, was going to give me drink tickets. But I was like, nah, you know, I always try to support, you know, and actually pay towards it. You know what I'm saying? Word. And I went to the bar. And I think I ordered like a Hennessy and something, and it was like six dollars. I was just like, "I'm a kid. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm gonna go crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a go, kid. I'm gonna go crazy." <laughs> I was like, I, by the end of that night, I I, I drank so much. <laughs> yeah, I I went to um, visit a friend uh, at Penn, so they go to Penn State. And so, uh-huh. you know, which is middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, yeah, but fuck, like all that's there is the campus. And so yeah, we were, exactly. you know, we were jumping around the bars and stuff like that. And yeah, similar thing. Like, you know, I wasn't playing there, but I was just, you know, vibing, whatever. And we went and the drinks, from what I remember, the cocktails were cheaper than the beer there. Wow. Yeah. So that's crazy. So I remember but I, that. That makes sense for there because it's a college town. So yeah. technically half of your population can't drink anyway right right and, it's, and, they're, and they're all just in a you know football game everyone's drinking beer like and so mm-hmm. and so i go up and and we were with probably like five people and i was like you know i'm the visitor like i want to make you guys been super hosp- um hospitable and everything like that i want to you know hold you all down for a round at least like so i was like you know let me get my drink a round of shots and like a beer or something like that and the whole bill was like 35 bucks for like five people like that's awesome yeah and i was just like oh no I was just like, I'm the king. I'm about to go crazy. Because that's like two drinks here. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I, exactly. So I was like, oh, no, we're going off. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's, Boston it, is not cheap. Let's, let's no. be for real. It's, D.C. is probably – D.C. And New York probably. And Miami. Miami's bad. Miami's real bad. 
depending on depending on well i've actually you know i think about i've never actually paid for a drink in miami to even so so obviously like south if you're in south beach they're all pretty bad but if you go to like winwood spots like you know um coyo taco and like um you know anywhere mm-hmm. in the, on that 1800 street. lucky yeah yeah exactly those spots those spots are too bad um i, th- I would say those yeah. are more like boston level but yo like I just remember like being like, "Yo, Rose Bar really surprised me, bro." And, and it's funny because after I went yeah. there, all I, you know, I follow you, and like just inevitably, I see like just DC related stuff. So like, I remember when um like John Wall just got traded, so everyone was like yeah. talking about how like Rose oh, Bar is like gonna be missing. Got, they got to retire. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's like um Marcus Smart at Bijou here. Like it's there's like it's like Yo. all the same shit. It's so funny. The, my first gig in in Boston was at a uh, Storyville mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I met Marcus Smart that night. Yeah. Funny enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's a, I don't know how he was with you. He's an interesting like guest. Um nah, he was super cool. Yeah. He was super cool. I, I didn't know I honestly I didn't know who he was right, until right. I was introduced to him. It was him, probably super, was super early. Yeah, I think it was. It was yeah. a couple years ago. But no, nah, yeah. I feel bad. Ne- next time that you come to DC I'll definitely make sure you know, <laughs> We take care of you better than that. No, ball. no. I mean, I mean, when we went to Griffin, you, you held me. Th- I, I left Griffin hella nice. Like, I, and like, I was just cool. Yeah. Like, no, you know, so don't, don't, definitely don't apologize. Like, it, it was so funny because that day was so funny. Like, because um, I met Lil Baking yeah. Bear t- there too. Like, on some like regular, yeah. regular shit. Like, because I didn't realize who she like, you know, that she was like Mad Poppin and shit. And like, yeah, she yeah, just yeah. seemed like, you know, this really nice girl. She was super nice to me. Like, you know, wasn't acting all funky. And so I was like, oh, this is just one of Malcolm's homegirls. Like, whatever. And then, after the yeah. fact like i think you know we did like a round of shots or something so like everyone was being tagged and i just like looked at it and i was just like oh shit she's like out here you know what i mean and, and yeah so, no it was and i think nyla was there too probably I, we, I, there was a bunch yeah. of people that were just like also I, I was literally just like hanging there like just vibing and and and, and that's the funny thing like because we were at your party and then you're like yo i have this other party and i'm like oh my bad <laughs> and you're like yo come with me and you're like oh come. and i was like yeah obviously like i i'm this isn't my city. I got nothing else to do. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and like, I, I think, I think she picked up, picked us up in her car or something or, or something. We, we stuffed, we stuffed in some car. I remember. And I think one of her friends was getting arrested. Somebody, I remember somebody almost getting arrested. I remember shit being mad hectic. And obviously like I was the, I wasn't trying to ask mad questions, but I was just like, yo, something's happening. I'm just here for the <laughs> ride. And then, um, and it, it was just so funny because, like, again, like, when you leave your city and, like, you don't know anyone, like, literally, I was like, but I know the DJ. Like, I was just, I'm going to just follow Malcolm, yeah. whoever he's at, and, like, you know, walked in, and then, like, uh, you did your set, and, like, and, the, and that's the thing about, like, going to other cities, like, I, I always want to see, like, do the same throwbacks hit, like, do you still, do they build it up the same way, mm. like, you know what I'm saying, are, are, the, are the big songs here the same songs, are the big songs there, um, and... It's it's funny because um and this and this was apparent as well when um I booked you here for my parties like you were playing like um like bridges of songs like mm. instead of like the hooks of them yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah. and 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 I, and I thought that was so interesting um and I and like you kept doing it and 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 like I would look around and like you would go crazy um specifically when um you did one of my day one parties here you did the bridge of fancy by Drake the Atlanta girls, oh, yeah. let me yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, you yeah, went yeah, straight yeah, into yeah. it. Like and and for me, I always go straight into the hook. Like you feel like and that gets all the girls going crazy. But you went straight into the bridge, 
And I remember I'm like, yo, and I think I commented and you go, and you like looked at me and you go, no one ever plays the bridge. And I was just like, yo, he's like, I was like, oh, it like, it like completely like changed my whole like mindset about like how to play records. And I think, cause, um, it's funny cause, uh, uh, in an interview, in another interview you did, when they asked to describe your style, you said, it's not really good. And, and, and I was like thinking about when we had that moment and I was just like, your style is just like, it's not necessarily flashy, but it's like thinking just like in a different way, like thinking at a different angle. And I think that's what makes you good. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause even as a DJ, like, and I'm a guy who's super critical of people. Like I'm always ripping on DJs here, whatever, whatever. And like for you to like, you being like a quiet DJ, like you're not crazy on a mic or anything like that. Like, yeah, no. like you just kind of like let things ride. And like, even for me, I was just like, yo, what the fuck? And so it's, it's very interesting cause not being a flashy guy, but still being able to, make people think or like people kind of react. I think it's very interesting. Yeah. I think that's one of those things that I, first off, I, I, I can't take full credit for that, that style. Um, there's two DJs that were here that I kind of like came up under. There's three, actually one was Brendan Hill. Um, but the two that kind of like popularized that style, Jerome Baker, the third. Oh yeah. And, Spencer Tracy mm. to like yeah. Spencer's probably the best DJ that I've ever seen mm. just hands down like in person actually had to DJ after you know what I'm saying like skill wise everything just well super well rounded mm. but him and Jerome they would do this party called um Reese this party called recess it would be on Tuesdays Dope. and this was like recess was like a, a bottle service type spot it wasn't huge but they would purposefully play the records that weren't like the super hit records they would right. play a lot of b-sides right they would play you know at the time they were playing like nerd oh shit a lot of neptune's records that's fire yeah but they were getting <laughs> to like the the hot point so like if they played beautiful by snoop dogg they wouldn't start at, oh, oh yeah, they would yeah. start at, and now I don't want you. Yeah. <laughs> like they would start <laughs> at the bridge because that's the part you're going to sing. Right, and it just yeah. keeps the crowd, like me being, yeah. I wasn't even DJing at that point, but me being in the audience, I was just like, oh shit, I'm engaged with every part because this is the part that I really, really love. Mm -hmm. You know, especially when it comes to Neptune's records, like their songs are the bridge. Like the hook is cool. But typically, they're known for their bridges. I'm thinking so. of I'm thinking of like "Girlfriend in Sync," uh, the bridge, and like that's my favorite part of that song. I'm like trying to think. Yeah, about, yeah, it's it's it's, so it's it's so wild. Yeah, so it's it's definitely like a style that I kind of adopted from them, and you know, like I said, I'm not like a typical DJ in in which I'm going to play everything the same way at the same time, like. I really kind of fly by the seat of my pants. I don't use crates. I don't do a lot of things that other, a lot of other DJs do to kind of build their sets up. Mm. But what I do is I just, I play off of just human emotion and reaction and, and trying to just keep you engaged and just pull at your heartstrings. So in whatever part of the song it is, especially in DC, we play Boston. Y'all play with your, your BPMs all the way up. <laughs> dc dc we don't do that but we play we still play at 100 miles per hour because yeah, yeah. we're still trying to capture everybody's attention damn that's funny and you say that that's funny no nah, it was like the first thing that i noticed when i was up there. like everything um, is sped up yeah, yeah, yeah everything is super sped up yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. 
it's it's a very like up north thing. Like damn, I didn't know that was a characteristic of 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 like the north north. That's funny. Yeah, like, I think like, about it all my like if I'm playing a joint at eighty eight, like it's it's gonna be at ninety five. Like now nah, I think about it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And that's just that's like but I think that it's it it's just it's a different thing. I think some of that has to do with like y'all are super like West Indian music and yeah. Latinx music works crazy up there. Crazy. And it doesn't work the same down here. Like it works, but you can't do entire one hour sets unless it's like a specialty party mm. like i remember my first time i did um i think it was icon or whatever whatever is one of the big flashy icon. joints yeah yeah I, probably and icon. I was with yeah i was with um i was with tunes i think it was a friday yeah night. yeah so, friday. so that was uh tunes uh his uh residency for a while yeah, so I come up there and I'm playing trap music because it's midnight and in yeah. DC, like yeah, yeah, we yeah. want trap music. Sure, it's future. Sure. It's it's Meek Mill. It's all that. Right. And he's like, nah. <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and he hops on. It is just like all this like dancehall and reggae, yeah. and it's just all super sped up, and it's just like the crowd is moving. I'm just like, oh shit, this is. Mm. This is not home. This is different. Word, you word. know, I have to catch this vibe. Word. But even even within that, it's still like I've I've gone back and learned like, okay, this is the part of the song that they really love. Let me just get straight to that part mm. because I got so many other songs I, I, I want to get to tonight. Um, or so many different places that I want to take you. So that's where that bridge stuff comes from. It's just like if if the song is a minute or to say the song's three minutes, but there's only 30 seconds that you really love, I can probably get to that so I can get to the other five, ten songs that you really do want to get to. Yeah. You know yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, I remember when, um, and just kind of thinking about going to, when I was going to D.C., like, because um, the whole Carib like, Boston having just a crazy Caribbean population. I know that there's a decent Dominican population in D.C., right? There's a decent, it is, but it's um, it's it's very different. There's actually um, I need to hook you up with my homie uh, Pedro. He throws a party called Adobo. Yo, I've and seen then, um, cause y'all done um, like collabs, right? Yeah, we did. Uh, we've done collabs. I've I've done their party once. Um, I don't think Pedro's done Joy Club yet, but he needs to as soon as yeah. we open back up. I, I was like, when you were posting about like whatever collab y'all are doing, like I I went to his page or his party's page, and I was like, yo, this looks fucking crazy. It's it's nuts. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like it, it's everything that you see on like Twitter, like when they post like their videos, it's ten times crazier than the videos. But you know, I think they kind of hold that scene. Mm. But what? what the DMV has is it has a huge Nigerian population. Yeah. So Afrobeat hit right, here like right, right. super, super duper yeah. hard. Yeah. I mean, there's a big Nigerian population here too. So like, cause, cause I was doing like research and, and I was like thinking about it. I was like, I mean, you know, while talks about how big of a Nigerian population there is, you know what I mean? So I was able to mm -hmm. like have an idea about it. And so, you know, cause if, if you can't, if you try and get through a, an urban Boston like club night without any Afrobeat, like you're probably going to struggle. Um, it's it's going to be tough. Yeah. But I was talking to, so I think I, I probably hit up big tunes too. Cause I know he had played there and he was like, yeah, like dance all. Don't worry about it. Like, don't play it. <laughs> like you don't have to play it. At all. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not a thing. There's like, like I said, there are specialty parties that have popped up, which right. they're like, 
all dancehall, all reggae. Word. But they're very niche. Like the yeah. crowd in the audience is probably like 75 to 100 people. Wow. Versus like when you're in, you, you've done Big Chief. Yeah, and you've yeah. seen Big Chief. That venue's you've done so a go-go. sick. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it doesn't exist no anymore. Oh, uh, really? IP, oh, wow. Is, is, yeah. that, is, that a, is that a COVID casualty or? It's pre, pre-COVID actually. Oh, wow. Funny enough. Damn. Um, but like you, you've seen that when it's packed, uh, most of that audience, like go-go is like our thing here, yeah, yeah, whereas yeah. like up there, like dance hall yeah, yeah, yeah. is y'all thing up there. Like, yeah, it was that's crazy. like our nostalgic thing. Yeah. I want to, I want to just like paint a picture to the people listening. Like that party was, I mean, I didn't know what to expect. Right. Like it was my first time, I think at DC, like as an adult. You know what I'm saying? Like, I went, like, seventh grade yeah. to do some, like, monumental shit and stuff. And going there, like, I had no idea. Like, I've never partied there. Um, and I was just like, you know, let's see let's see what this is like. And so first showing up to – the funny thing is, is um, so I had an Airbnb nearby. And mm-hmm. what y'all have that we don't is um, the electric scooters everywhere. Y'all don't have that? No. No. Which oh, is wow. which is crazy. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. Boston, I would think a college town all bro, of Boston, Boston be such a mid ass like major market city. It's like <laughs> so stupid. But so so that was one of the first things I noticed. There's these fucking scooters everywhere. It's like GTA, like you can just pick it up and like go. Yeah. And so and so there was like I was like in love with that. It was super funny. And um I was like I was mapping like all the spots and I was just like, yo, Big Chief was like you know, a mile and a half away, two miles away. I was like, I'm definitely scooting there. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, so I pull up to Big Chief not realizing, like, where it is or what it looks like. Like, I just pull up in a scooter. And, like, I just look. Yeah, it's not a place to pull up in a scooter. Not I'm like, I, I, I'm like. I should have told. I wish I'd have known that. I know, yo. It's like, I'm, like, two blocks away. And I'm like, yo, this was the worst idea ever. And, and yeah. like, I, and it's just, like, me being stupid. Like, and, and as I'm pulling up. It's one of those things where I'm like, do I care about this scooter? Like, cause, cause I was, I, I like didn't think about it long enough because I was like, okay, if I scooted here, I need to scoot back. So like, do I try and hide this and like hold my scooter down? Or like, do I just leave it and hope that another, you know, by the time I'm trying to leave, you know what I'm saying? This is all new to me. Like this, I'm like mad yeah. rookie at this shit. And so, and so like it was, the night was already starting like mad funny. And, and so, uh, <laughs> and so I walk in, obviously there is nothing like big chief in boston like just the way that venue is the size of it like it no there's nothing i've never seen anything like it it was so cool it was like i don't even know how to describe it It was like rustic but huge like was it three levels or something it was two levels um so it was it was two levels it was three rooms technically Mm -hmm, there's mm -hmm, like the mm -hmm. front room which we typically set the dj up in and there's like this huge long bar there's a back room where there's like a smaller bar, but it fits about the same amount of people as the front room. And then there's this upstairs roof deck. Yeah. That which, shit is especially sick. in the summertime, vibe. it gets super packed yeah. and it's a vibe. And yeah. just people just stay up there all night. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing, I mean, since it's closed, there's nothing that's, there's nothing before it like in DC for a, a long time because DC has had big venues, but, the big venues were like clubs. They were bottle service. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. We, we invented the mega club, like park, love, fur, dream, 
uh, Platinum, all those like old school clubs where it'd be like a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, Ibiza, three thousand people a night, multiple different rooms, different DJs, all that stuff. Crazy. But it was like very turn up bottle service. Big Chief was the one venue. There was no dress code. Yeah, yo. No oh expectations. my god, dude. So I, you just come in and just vibe. Yeah, yeah. And and again, I'm trying to I'm trying to paint this picture. So like, so you know, they're setting up the DJ booth, whatever, whatever. And behind me is this giant stage with this giant band. And I'm like, okay. And and thing is, you know, I know, <laughs> I knew, like I like I knew like. Gogo was a thing. I didn't know, like, because you know, like, how do I explain this? Like, like cities would be like, yeah, this is our thing, but like, you know, maybe it's like an old, old head thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, like, yeah. like I was like, okay, like, I'm sure, like, if I walk down the streets of DC, I'm not just gonna hear Gogo all the time, but like, that is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. and so giant stage, giant band behind <laughs> me, and I'm like, okay, and so like do my set, whatever, whatever, and you know, people are strolling in, and 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 um, it the thing is, it was like blink of an eye was full you know what i mean like it was very like boom mm-hmm. like to a hundred and i think on that bill was like me you money i think was on it and maybe I someone else money dj flow maybe i think was on it maybe yeah it was like, it was like uh, shy glizzy dj yeah 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 i think i think i think i think that was the lineup and and i was like and new impressions with the band yeah so, yeah 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 and so with with people like money and flow, like I was like, okay, like I'ma see them, you know, blow blow the roof off with like crazy, like maybe local talent or like blah blah blah. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm like, I'm excited to see this. I remember this very distinctly. Money goes on, not for the whole set, but for like 15 minutes, plays a like 90s Miami bass set. Like and at like at like, <laughs> yeah, at like that sounds like money. At like midnight. And like, and I'm just standing there. And like, and this is the thing about DC. Yo. The crowd was probably going crazy. The crowd was, yo, it was, dude. I'm standing, <laughs> I'm standing there, and I'm like, this would never. The only time this would fly, it was at a day party, and a and a very specific mm. day party at that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm just, and I'm just, I'm just standing there, and I'm like, oh my god! Like, not only was he, I was just like staring. I'm like, yo, he's really playing this shit. And I was like, looking at the next song, he's getting ready to play like, uh, come on, ride that train. And, and like, and I'm just like, yo, what the fuck? I'm like going crazy. And then I look out to the crowd, yo, and you see like dudes in like jerseys and Tim's going ham, like, like, like get the girls out the way. Cause I'm about to like rock to this. And I'm just like, my, my mind like exploded. And, and I, and I was just like, and I remember texting my boys, like my other DJ homies back home. And I'm like, yo, this is different. Like, this is my first time here. Like this shit is different. Like, and, and that yeah. was something that I really appreciated about that vibe. And I wasn't sure if that's something that you had curated specifically, or if that's just DC as a whole, that just more open-minded, uh, more just ready to party and not necessarily just look cool in the back. What do you think about that? Um, I know I can't take full responsibility for that. Like I said, you know, uh, there's a, there's a party, uh, series or a crew called Rock Creek social club. Mm. So like Jerome Baker, mm-hmm. who I was talking about before. Yeah, I know he's he, he's pretty you know, uh pretty popping dude. He's yeah, him and uh Scooty, they started that I wanna say I think they're probably close to ten years now. But they started that a long time ago and like that party at recess on Tuesdays kinda started that vibe of like where you can come and hear the records and it's not the same records that you're gonna hear everywhere else, you know what I'm saying, at every other club. And that kind of became the thing is just like when you go to Rose Bar, you know what you're going to get. This is the Rose Bar 
turn up by John Wall is here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You go to you go to Griffin, whatever IG model is there. So we gotta, you know, play to that audience and play to that crowd. St. Eve's St. Eve's is known for um they have a bottle presentation in which if you order a certain amount of bottles, they bring out a girl pops out of a casket and wow. like serves you your bottles. Wow. Some it's like some wild shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like it's all, all these different types of like super OD club vibes. Mm-hmm. But mind you, like I said, DC invented the mega club. Mm-hmm. So all of us were brought up in this like super club vibe. So there's a lot of people that are kind of like anti it now. You know what I'm saying? Like when we were 18, 19, getting into the clubs for the first time, we didn't have any other choice of seeing any other DJs play any other way. Because at a venue like uh, Dream at, or Dream or, or what it was later called Love at that time, the management was very like stickler on this is how you play, this is the way we want our audience to react. This like this okay. is the dress so, so not so not that. too different from Boston. <laughs> yeah, so so yeah, not too different. But because we kind of grew up in that, the opposite, you know, when people go the opposite way, or when you have something that's completely different now down here, it completely works. So there's parties like Joy Club um, that that do well, Adobo, which mm-hmm. is like another like offset of that. Yeah. Um, Feel Good was like uh, they were doing Thursdays at Rose Bar and they were crushing it. Um, Everything Nice is another party that's like that. There's a bunch of like different like parties that kind of keep that vibe going mm. and, and have like different parties set up around the city. Yep. That if you don't want to catch that vibe, which most people don't want to go to Rose Bar. Rose Bar is cool. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. But everybody doesn't want to do that every Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, you do want something that's a little bit different. So. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's definitely kind of that disparity in Boston. And, I mean, you've, you've, you've played both at, like, an icon. And then, but you've also, I saw it when I saw you at, um, like, the House of Blues joint. Um, oh, yeah. But, you know what I'm awesome, saying? Yeah. And, and, um, and then, and, and my party, too, like, where it's just, like, not... Bottles are like we were in the basement of a Fenway Park venue, yeah, bar, like a bar, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, like, um, so there is the disparity where, like, and that's the you know, like, I've only been doing like the popping clubs for like two, maybe three years, and I've already been like, okay, like, because for DJ, you know, it gets super repetitive, like, you know, where you're gonna mm-hmm. play, like. March Madness at eleven thirty, Dreams and Nightmares at midnight. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so like we already know, and then so when I was like, okay, like. You know, these dudes are doing this stuff in, like, Cambridge, um, you know, uh, and doing their own thing. They've been doing it for a while, so their crowd's a little bit older. We still have, you know, at the time, I was 24, 25, trying to, like, build out now my crowd and stuff and being able to do the, the stuff that, you know, they weren't playing in the clubs. And and so I'm seeing kind of Boston on both lights. Does that is that does it kind of reflect uh, what's going on in D.C., or do you think it's a little bit different? Or, or what, what else? can you say about the Boston DJs in comparison or even the, the Boston crowd? Um, you know, the thing that, that struck me about Boston aside from, you know, you guys play your music really fast. <laughs> um, everybody kind of is like super, super duper skilled. Like everybody's like super skilled in a very traditional way mm. that you don't experience down here. Like everybody down here kind of develops their own individual style because we don't I feel like up north like New York has like somewhat of an influence huge, on huge you know influence. yeah 
on everything else. So you guys, like when I when I hear DJs up there, I'm hearing like the super traditional, like I'm listening to like Funk Flex in like 99. Right, right, right. It's popping, it's live, I'm at the tunnel type vibe. Yeah, And down here, because I would say, again, it goes kind of back to what Gogo is. Like Gogo is like, it's not so much freestyle, but it's more jam. Like you kind of feel it out and vibe mm. it out. And the band is kind of like reading the crowd. And it's like, okay, we might go this way. We might go that way. Word. It's just a little bit more free form. Um, and and I, I think, you know, with Boston and your DJs, like I said, like everybody's so ridiculously skilled. And so like, especially on the mic, like, I know that that's, that's like, a big like uptown New York thing that like we adopted like like if you can't rock a mic in Boston like you're, you're it's not that you won't do well work. but it, but you, you you just won't pop like like if there's three DJs on the bill and two of them are like like if if you're around me and Big Tunes and you're in the middle and you don't touch a, a mic like you're gonna have it's over you're gonna you're gonna feel it and you're gonna want to go home you know what I mean yeah but that, that's the the beauty of that is I actually got better on the mic being up there word. Whereas, like, down here, I never would have been yeah. challenged with that at all because I right. could hot Like, we have hosts down here. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And our host, you know, I hate, I it becomes like... Don't, don't give me a host. I hate that shit. <laughs> no, nah, I mean... <laughs> well, the thing, the thing about here is, like, there's only but, like, a couple hosts that, like, you really know and trust. And, like, especially when you get to a certain level of DJing down here, like, there's probably two or three hosts that are just, like, these are the hosts yeah. that they're going to always book right, and right. because like these hosts are just really really good because they're literally doing this like six seven nights a week right you can de- you can develop a relationship with them really easy that they know what you're going to do you know what they're going to do it's like it's not really like this battle for like who's going to mm. be the star here it's like everybody's trying to play on the same team um mm. so it's 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 a much doper vibe because i've been in that since where it's like the host wants to be the star. Yeah, the host is like yeah. coming in and pulling down your mixture yeah, yeah, so he oh. can say something. Like I've been in that. Like, and that's hell. <sighs> I hate that. Oh God. But yeah. It's- I have. I, yeah. I've. There's. There's DJ. Like, you know, if you come to St. E's on a Saturday night, Jerome in Young Tune is like. It's like watching LeBron and D Wade. Mm. Like literally, it, it's like a, such an amazing show to see like these two work and play off of each other and tune he's nowhere near the dj booth he doesn't even want to be near the dj booth he'll be on the opposite side of the club he might be in the bar he might be in the bathroom i have no idea where (laughs) he is but he's on the mic and he's keeping this crowd going and he's communicating with the dj and jerome can play it's 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 the most beautiful thing that's dope literally that's dope but you know i'm saying like in boston you do need to rock that mic yourself yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like yeah. that's it's just a whole different thing. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to hear you know a DJ not from here talk about the skill level here because that is something we definitely take seriously. Um, yeah, and in, in in toxic ways and and in supportive ways, you know what I'm saying. Like, um, people will definitely be like, "Oh no, you can't, he can't do that." I mean, I do it all the time. I'm like, "They can't do this," so I'm better than them. You know what I mean? And, and vice versa. Um, and it's definitely multifaceted. I think a lot of it comes from New York influence. Um, but I, I, I'm just, I'm kind of curious if like going in reverse, like if a bunch of Boston DJs came down in DC, like, would they be like, Oh wait, like I'm doing too much. Would they be like, Oh, that dude's definitely from Boston. He's doing too much. You know what I'm saying? 
they would definitely it would definitely be noticeable um in the way you guys play it's like i said it's just a more traditional style of play Mm. that i think i don't want to say it's like you kind of have to like feel it and loosen up a little bit a Mm. lot of times with certain boston djs that i've heard it's like i remember like one of my first times going up there, I went to Storyville. It wasn't on a Wednesday. I think it was like a Thursday and I can't remember who was playing, but it was like two or three DJs playing. And I feel like I heard like the same set like, all yep. night. You probably did. <laughs> <laughs> because, because it was just like, it was just like, okay, you guys are just like very yeah, A plus B plus C. Right. Right. Like, right, right, this right, is right. how it works, you know, right, but it's, right also what the audience knows you know what i'm saying like if the audience yeah. doesn't know anything different you're gonna do yeah what works you know what i'm saying you're not yeah. trying to take that risk i mean i think there's definitely dudes again like the dudes that you were fucking with in you know house of blues so, so that's like young paul big bear shout out to them you know they they're definitely the type to like be like yeah fuck that like break down the window and like try and, and mix that yeah. up um and again you know they're a few they're a few years older than i am so i think i'm just trying to do that for the for the younger crowd coming in um because like yeah i quickly noticed that and i'm like yo y'all do the same sequences like you know what i mean like to yeah to, to get from same sequences to get from a to b you know what i mean y'all doing the exact like and the thing is like like same, same shout outs on the mic yo i'm like same i'm like mic. god forbid like ever repeat a song like if, if me and you're going back to back friends and you play a song i'm like okay check it off like i'm not gonna play it like you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and and um, d- dudes here do it all the time. Twenty minutes later, play the exact same. Mo Bamba fifty times in a night, just because like they can't, they 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 only know the one sequence to get them there. They, you know what I mean? Yeah. And exactly. So, and so I got fed up with that pretty quickly, and I'm like, so like I'll drop like some random ass shit that you're just like, yo, what the fuck? And that's why I was like, yeah, let me make a whole party. That's all that. Um, and uh, but it's 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 definitely interesting to hear you just kind of kind of critique. Boston DJs as a whole. Um, I don't think anything you said is wrong. It's like super funny. Um, it's just funny to hear from someone else. But I think the other thing is, I y'all don't DJ as much as we do. What do you mean? Because DC, well, DC is like it's a seven night a week. There's mm. at least fifteen to twenty parties going. Um, yeah, if that's it's not a big true. club. You were definitely explaining like, that to me. Like it's so much more lively. Like there's so many more options. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's easier to kind of develop your own style when you're you're working at that pace Mm. versus like, you know, I might see some guys in Boston, they might work, you know, once or twice a week or, you know, some guys are only getting on, you know, maybe once or twice a month because there's just guys that are holding down residencies and they're crushing it. There's no need to switch around. Right. But in DC, it's way more competitive in the fact that like you're trying to compete with not anybody else in the room, but like the 10 to 15 other parties that are going on in the city. Mm -hmm. And you're hoping that like somebody's texting their friends are like, Oh, where are you at? I'm at this spot. Oh, the DJ sucks how's the dj over there mm. oh the dj's live over here mm-hmm. all right and all their friends come with them you know what i'm saying like that type thing so i think that attributes to like everybody trying to do their own thing and be a little bit mm-hmm. forcefully a little bit more different mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying just mm-hmm. because we just have more time to develop that skill you know it's just getting shots up in the gym at that point yeah yeah, yeah. So yeah, I th- one of the last times I saw you, one of one of the things I asked you was, um, you know, what's what's something that me or any DJ could do to help, you know, get 
to the kind of caliber that you're at right now. And uh, one of your answers was um, throwing mm-hmm. your own party, right? And being able to kind of curate your own vibe yeah. and, and build your own audience. So with all that being said, in terms of the competition that's in D.C., being able to try and make a whole new brand, a whole new vibe, and get people to, to leave the parties that they know and go to yours, what's that process like? And, and, and what were the kind of the failures and the successes that you saw along the way? Um, It's tough. I mean, the failures is just understanding the business um, and not getting screwed over. Um, these venues, they don't like, they don't really care about you. You know what I'm saying? Like I threw a part the first year at joy club, we made absolutely no money because I didn't know there was a check to go get at the end of the night. Oh, wow. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I remember the secu- the security guard was just like, yo, y'all really just love DJing. Y'all didn't even ask for the check. And I'm just like, <laughs> there's a check. Yo, no way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And we never did get the check. Like, oh, but, of course. Yo, yeah, you, you don't pull up the next by within the next week. It's gone. Yeah, like it's, it's gone. It's completely gone. So I that was like my first business lesson in this. And nobody's really going to teach you you know, all that nobody's going to teach you the percentages that you should get, you know what I'm saying, that you should be negotiating for when it comes to the bar or the door and all that stuff. Um, but past that, it's really just, honestly, the, the thing that set us apart was like our marketing, honestly, like, you know, once we figured, once we figured out like how to make our flyers. You guys different. do have do crazy flyer, do, do crazy flyers, yeah. yeah that shit set us over the top and every other party started to follow suit and started to like, all right, this is our aesthetic for our party. It wasn't just about like when you get to the, to the place, it was about the conversation that you were having about the flyer three weeks before the party even happened. Right. Right. So it's just like, it's, it's very, it's very different. Like when you learn how to create a brand in that way Um, and it helps you learn how to brand yourself. It helps you learn how to, to build your own self and, and and really like one fan at a time type thing, you know, understanding the role of a promoter and the role of a DJ and how they're actually different and understanding how you can't do it all, but also understanding when you're getting booked by other promoters, the conversations you need to be having. Right. Cause now because you're on the you, other you, side of it as well. Yeah. Is joy club exactly. only DJs or is it DJs and promoters? It's only DJs. So, and it, yeah. How does how has that changed your your perspective on the promoter in general? Because there's a lot of DJ versus promoter conversation in Boston like crazy. I don't know if that if it's like that in DC as well. But as someone who plays both, oh roles, yeah, like it's definitely like that. I think it's like that everywhere. It's always going to be like that for DJs because we don't always we're not in the 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 room when the money is being counted. Right. You know, even though right. like we're still trying to close out the night and still trying to like keep people excuse me, at bay when the promoter's going to the back room and is figuring out what's the count, right? you know, checking the receipts and stuff like that. But when you're on the other side, you kind of learn some of the costs that go into it and you learn, you know, what needs to be managed and where some promoters are like, you know, maybe getting a little bit overzealous on the comp bottles and Mm. trying to just get people in the door and Mm. doing all this stuff and spending extra money. So as a DJ, you're not getting paid as much. Whereas like we kind of like hold back on a lot of that stuff. We try to hold back on, we try to like hold back on as many comps. We're not trying to comp, like we're not comping bottles 
ever. Like, oh yeah, like, no, I definitely feel that. I definitely feel that. we were doing the same thing. <laughs> we were definitely doing. <laughs> it's the same not ever like we might have some drink tickets for you and stuff like that, or I'll actually just go to the bar and buy you a drink. Right, but, right, right. You know, just understanding the other side of it, but from the cost perspective, is very helpful. Yeah, and understanding the discussion that you're having with promoters. There's no like beef or bad blood between right, right. DJs and here at all because everybody's booked and everybody's happy and having fun but yeah. you know it definitely is one of those things until you kind of see both sides of the dj it's hard to to really understand like why am i only getting this or why i'm right why is this like that or why why does the club look super packed but everybody's saying we're not making money mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying because mm-hmm. that's always like somebody's gonna say oh no we didn't have a good night it's like how did we not have a good night right like, right place was packed right right like, oh yeah because you 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 comped three <laughs> birthday tables yeah, yeah <laughs> and yeah. they didn't even want to pay the tax and gratuity and all that type of wild stuff right right, right. it's so funny how you were saying that like um at the parties that we were throwing uh, me and noel the uh the the other dude i was doing it with um we were always thinking like okay if these are like the numbers we have to hit for x y and z blah 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 blah. he goes so if anyone asks for a free drink like do it out of your pocket because that means it just goes back in and like like we were always like doing that math it was like so you saying that or reminded me of that it was was, like if girls want drinks like don't let them buy a drink but you got it out of your pocket like like because it's just gonna go back to us yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's so funny um i know uh, a topic that i definitely wanted to hit with you um you know you're uh, obviously, like big on breaking records, but you're. I think something that's bigger is you talking about or proving that you actually do break those records. Um, and oh, yeah. it's it's something it's <laughs> something that like, hey, I know, you know what I mean. You literally have articles about it, calling you a record breaker and everything like that. Like as we said in the intro, you're top fifty record breakers in the country. But I always yeah. seem to see you in these crazy conversations of people who just don't believe you or don't think that you you know, or really for the culture or for anything like that. Where do you think that disparity comes from? And um, what's kind of just been your experience lately with it? I think the big thing is just a lot of people don't have conversations with me. Mm. Most of the people that jump out and say that have never had any interaction with me, have never come to talk to me, have never like tried to actually pitch a record. They just, they typically use the like, oh, radio doesn't, you know, fuck with, you know, local artists. So basically because like, you didn't seek them out, they're, they're butthurt about, like they expect everything to come to them kind of thing. Yeah. I, I yeah. I think it's just, it's, the, it's just a lazy argument, especially in 2020 when, you know, if you, the same artists will say like, well, radio doesn't even matter. And it's just like, so is it, do we not matter or do you want our airplay? Which one is it? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. So, you know, for me now, when I see that stuff happen online, I try to actually have a conversation with them offline and say like, right. All right. So how, how can we actually help you? Like what's right. really going on? What's the record? What can I do for you versus like just going back and forth and getting into an argument that's going nowhere. Right. Right. You know? right. I've, not, I've seen a few of them. Anything. Yeah. I've seen a yeah, few of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think early on, early on, I wanted to defend myself and beat my chest and be like, yeah. nah, I've done this. I'm yeah. still doing it. I do it every night. Then after a while, I realized like this isn't working for the greater good of everything. This is not working. <laughs> yeah. Like most recently you had the the live, right? Um, 
I remember oh, yeah. just, just like revisiting your, your IG um, just in preparation. Like I, cause I remember seeing it and actually like popped in and the actual live when it was happening, but just like uh, just looking back, I was just like, Oh shit, I forgot this happened. Like where you're like, I'm going yeah. on live. Whoever wants to talk about it, let me know. Like whatever, whatever. How did, how did that live go? Well, the funny thing is, right. So it was one dude who he just jumped out and said, uh, no DMV DJs, specifically DMV DJs do not break. DMV artists mm. and you know at the beginning of this conversation I told you about like four or five that are like legendary DJs that broke right. some of our biggest artists absolutely yeah so you know what I'm saying like and the funny thing is he said it on the same day that crew right. went four I think four yeah, times four times platinum, platinum. yeah so, that's right so it's just like well you know again what's facts you know what I'm saying yeah. what are you basing this off of and when he got in that conversation um I asked, I asked him, I was like, okay, you know, he, he made his points and he felt like, you know, he's just not hearing enough DMV music in the club. And I, you know, I always have to say to that, well, is the audience trying to hear all DMV music all night? Mm. Because if they were, right. we would be playing. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, That's a great point. Yeah. You know, if we play whatever we know is going to work, we know dreams and nightmares is going to work. And the birthday girl wants to hear that when her, her her bottles come out, that's what we play. That's right. the reason why we play. We, we're literally kind of slaves to the rhythm in that way. Absolutely. So, you know, once we got past that point, you know, I simply just asked him, like, okay, so what are the top three biggest DMV records right now? And he had no answer for it at all. He just, it just came, he just was talking, you know, almost out of his ass. <laughs> right. To say right. something for the sake of say something. Right. And that's a lot of like what I run into is like people use this radio argument, which shouldn't be an argument in 2020, you know, for artists. If you're an artist and you're not doing your own thing on YouTube or Spotify or TikTok or Apple Music and you're not engaging with your own audience, you can't be mad with radio not paying attention and picking it up because we're all about advertising advertisements and keeping our audience listening to us if you can't keep people listening to you then how do we expect you to keep your audience listening to us on air while you're playing right absolutely versus like we know drake is gonna keep people tuned in we know beyonce is gonna keep people tuned in we right. know all these artists that we're already playing there's there's statistics to show this works so why would we try something that's like completely unproven? Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Unless we just believe it, it's a, an amazing song, which sometimes that happens. There, it, there are just amazing songs and those songs get played and those artists don't complain at all. Mm -hmm. It's the ones that don't have the amazing song and they're wondering why it's not working that usually jump out there. We now have to have this discussion, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> and and just for I just want to give uh you know the listeners that you know that don't know you just kind of a background. Um, so you know you're credited to have broke uh, records like Crew by Goldlink, which we were talking about. Um, so big DC yeah. record heard all over the world. Yeah. Uh, Privacy by Cardi B and Plug Walk by Rich the Kid, just to name a few. Um, and so being you know you have the plaques to prove it, you have the receipts and everything like that. What does, you know, we, we, we've talked about the negatives and, and what it kind of done to your career, or kind of like uh, your image. What are some of the positives that you've gotten out of and then how has that pushed you forward? I think the main positive that has happened with it is um, just the trust that 
you know, my PDs, my P, I've, I'm on my, my third PD now at KYS. My PDs just have in me. It's just like, I don't have to, it, it literally went from like my first year, like when the whole Obama thing happened, it was just like, I need to not overstep my bounds and I need to ask for approval in a record. And by now, I'm just playing a record and my PD will text me like, what's this? Mm. How can we play this more? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, is this popping? Is this what's it? You know what I'm saying? Like, if it is, like, let's, let's get behind it. Let's like, you know, like it's, it's generated more trust so that we can have actual real conversations on how to actually build the music scene out here a lot bigger and better. You know, there's art, you know, there's an artist by the name of Matt McGee who dropped his project like last June. You know, we hopped on one of his singles called Into the Earth. Early, my PD literally texted me, he's like, yo, this record's dope. What is this? And I was like, send him all the info. He's just like, let's get behind it. That's and fire. Now he's, there's an independent artist in rotation, you know, that plays right. in between, you know, uh, a Beyonce and plays in between a, a Lil Uzi and all these other artists that are like established big artists. He's getting the same amount of record play. That's dope. You no, know, you know what I'm saying? So, it, it allows for, for those type of things, which for me is like a big moment to see because when I was coming up, you know, Wale was the first thing. Right. And that was like 2009, maybe? Four, yeah. 2005. Oh, I guess, well, it, I guess it hit me, yeah. I guess it hit me at that time, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it didn't hit there until like a lot later. Yeah. But like, you know, we didn't have like, New York has always grown up hearing New York music on the radio. Atlanta has grown up hearing Atlanta music on the radio. Mm-hmm. LA has grown up hearing LA music on the radio. We heard Go-Go on the radio, but we didn't hear hip hop and rap on the radio. We heard R&B here on the radio all the time. We had Amory, we had Genuine, yep. we had, you know, I mean, going all the way back to Marvin Gaye, like we've had tons of R&B artists. We just never had any poppin' hip hop artists at that level until Wale. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it, it it's a good feeling to know that I'm influencing kind of like, you know, some kid that's, you know, listening in the car with his parent, you know, that's probably 12 and 13 and seeing like, I can take pride in being from here because there are artists that are popping from here, you know? Right. Yeah. That's something Boston's missing badly. Um, and, you know, I've had a couple uh, local radio dudes um, on, and we've talked about this. One of them specifically, El Cid, who plays on Gemini for Five and is a talented dude mm-hmm. and has gotten into producing a lot over COVID. Um, he's, you know, dropped some um, projects with uh, some of the local rappers, and we we're talking um, extensively on just, you know, what that, like, why aren't they able to break? And I think, you know, him being directly, you know, on radio, like, one of the things was, like, it's it's not as accessible. I mean, I know you had spoken about, you know, artists kind of keeping their audience engaged to be able to when it's time that they do make it on radio like that's the reason why um i I do think that's something like artists here are missing so badly like you know they they just expect kind of things to come to them just because oh i work so hard i grind i'm in the lab like whatever whatever like that means you should play my my record like but it's like yeah so is everyone else are you you even are you even getting the streams and the views that warrant that you know what i'm saying like and that's the thing, like, we have artists down here that they'll drop a video and, on YouTube and they'll be at 700,000 views on YouTube in, like, a day. Was you know it, what I'm saying? Was so, that, so, because, obviously, not, not me not being in D.C., like, so when, when, when Crew by Gold, like, 
surfaces like was that what that was like it was already getting mad traction in, in the city or what no i mean literally i got the record when like after the master pressing was done like it was sent to me before it was even out um my homie uh dj marauder yep who I, I went to high school with he just sent it to me he's just like yo shy and um uh Goldlink have this. I was about to say his real name. <laughs> <laughs> have this, have this uh, song together. Yeah, and it sat in my email for like a week because I was just like, I don't want to hear "Shy" on a Goldlink sounding song because at that point, uh -huh. Goldlink was doing like these right super like selection sounding right, right, right tracks. Right. And that's the thing about that yeah. first, that, like when I first heard that song. Like, like Shy Glizzy's super, super dope, obviously super unique verse, but I was like, I don't like it here, you know? So it's funny you say that. And, and it took, and it took for the song to grow on me where I was like, obviously like that's the part that where everyone gets super hype on Shy Glizzy's verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it took for me to grow and to, to see it, like when it actually got played mm -hmm. out. Um, and I was just like, wait, I actually do love this verse. Like, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, continue. Yeah. So for me, like, it was just like, I had already had this preconceived motion of how it was going to sound. Right. And he hit me up again like a week later. He's like, yo, did you listen to it? And I wouldn't listen. I was like, oh, shit, this is actually fire. Like, so mm -hmm. what's the deal? He's just like, it's not out yet. So just play it. And literally, like, just play it and see what happens. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I just start playing it. And, you know, I think I just started doing Rose Bar. I was doing Griffin every Sunday. Mm -hmm. um so these are like the the popping spots right um and and i had joy club every tuesday at that time so kind of just building it out but still like carrying a flash drive and trying to make sure i got it to other djs right. at least within the city um so at that point are you like and, this is the song i'm pushing like i'm making it a point or are you like this is just my boy's record if i play it i play it I didn't like I didn't know what I was doing, to be honest. Like I just was like, here's my boy's record and trying to like get it out as much as possible. Like I remember getting it to um my homie Steve who played at Griffin. Yo, that's the dude. That's like, the dude I saw at Rose Bar. Now that you said the name. Steve O. Now, now yeah, that you said yeah. the name. Steve O, he's he was getting crazy busy. Yeah, he just he moved to Miami. That's yeah, he he he's like one of the guys out here. Yeah, like no, I and I knew because I because I looked him up after the fact, and I was like, oh yeah, he gets busy. No, yeah, that's now that you said yeah. the name, it, it clicked. That's the guy. <laughs> he's a dude. <laughs> so I I give him like I give him like a flash drive, and I know he doesn't know who Goldlink is from a can of paint. So I was like, you heard this new Shot Glizzy song? Mm. He's like, is it is it good? I was like, yeah, it's dope. Flash drive, boom, you know. And from there, just like passing along, passing along, passing along, you know, the song just builds over time, you know, a couple months, probably a couple months later after that, probably if the song dropped in November, I would say probably around January, February, it's starting to build up a little bit of a buzz here. So then me and Marauder, we put together a service pack for it. And we're just like all DJs, like, whoever needs it, like just finish your email. We'll send it out. So we start doing that. That starts, you know, getting, you know, even bigger traction, even bigger traction. And this is before his label even decided to like really jump on it. Cause his label, I don't really think got it. It wasn't a song that he was really used to. So technically 
like I said, at that point, I didn't know what I was doing, but I was servicing the record, which is like, that's a whole separate industry that people make tons of money. I didn't know (laughs) (laughs) that people like, they package these records up and they basically, they're door to door selling these records to DJs. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's basically what I was doing, you know, at that time without knowing what I was doing. And then I look up you know, a year later and the song is fucking everywhere. Yo, insane. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. And and so, so it wasn't it wasn't like yeah. It wasn't like I, I tried to make it happen. It was just right. like I'm just doing something because my homie kinda asked. What was your relationship with Golik before that? Like was it was there any or knew him. Um, but it wasn't like like it was like he was just cool like he was just yeah. like the homie it wasn't like yeah. anything crazy well know? i asked because after the fact is it something that's like yo like i know that you were pushing this like i really appreciate it kind of shit or is it just like now we're just moving like we never really talked about it like the plaque just showed up Word, <laughs> which is know, like, like i feel like at that point you're like okay bet like i got it like yeah, yeah. i mean and that's and that's and that's like rare like you know, artists don't typically do that. So I always appreciate him for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you, you, most artists are not going to give, you know, the people around the song their credit. You know what I'm saying? Because they just right. like, I made the song. Right. I did what I did. But right. he was gracious enough to do that. So I, I always thank him for that. And he's always showed me love, you know, allowed me to go on tour with him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like I remember seeing the, tour with Tyler. Yeah, the videos of uh, like you backstage and all that. At the big shows and shit. Yeah, so, so he's he's definitely been just like a good dude about everything, man. In terms of helping me get access to things I didn't have access to before. You have a lot of like homies that are the DJs of ex artists. Is that something you've ever wanted to do or have interest in doing yourself? No, why? Is I, that? I don't think that's for me. You think it's too hectic? Um. Or? I think it's very hard to do what I do in terms of trying to hold down a party in terms of trying to like really be established here in this area when you're on tour. Right. Um, like I, I have homies that, you know, I talk to them about it all the time and it's just like, I have to make a decision between being on radio or going on tour, you know what I'm saying? And that becomes real tough because for me at this point my establishment and the way that i can kind of move the needle here is actually being on radio i can't do that you know tons of miles away um and then also i see a lot of djs that struggle to get back into the scene here in dc because they're on tour for like yeah yeah it's just like the promoters just go with like you know who's on and who's hitting for us every week you know, why take a chance on this, you know, one guy, you know, this one week, and he might be an amazing DJ, but I don't know, I haven't, nobody's heard of him in like six months. Right. So right, it right. becomes this tough thing, you know, so for me, I, I never really desired it. And, and tour doesn't, it, it looks more fun than what it is. Mm. Like I only spent probably like a week or a week and a half, you know, on that Tyler tour. That shit was, like it was cool like the first two days but then like riding on a bus um going to sleep waking up in another city like it it's it's something that you really have to get used to and that's at the top level like yeah. this Tyler the creator was doing like madison square garden so right, this is right. the top level right 
you have to really ride with the artist to get all the way up there. Yeah, for sure. I don't know that I'm ready to go travel city to city in a car for a couple of years. You know what I'm saying? To get up there. And if I'm like, you know what I'm saying? I did that in college. Like I remember it vividly, but at this point in my career, I don't, I don't think I want to do that mm. unless it was like, okay, we, it's a tour bus. There's hotels, there's showers. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like we <laughs> yeah, know yeah. <laughs> what it's going to be. And and I, I'm, I hate if that sounds like, you know, prissy or. No, people know, have their preferences. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, being yeah. super tapped in, into your own city, you know, we, in your intro, we talked about a lot of the brands that you work with, um, you, yeah. you know, Broccoli city festival, um, the, uh, the, the the Washington football team, <laughs> the football team, yeah, you know, playoff play bound, yeah. playoff bound football team. <laughs> just, just, I mean, I can't really say too much this year, but being a Patriots fan, just like not even having a name is just funny. But we had a pretty terrible season, the, so I won't. The city of Boston in general has enough championships, I think. You yeah, <laughs> but you know, when all that shit was going <laughs> down, to let some go. when all that shit was going down, like I think I saw you like tweeting about just like the fact that the name was just so ridiculous and everything like that, and I was just like, yo, this is hilarious. Um, but no, I, I love the name now. I, I think we should actually keep it football team. Honestly, really? Yeah. What would the what, could, what's what would the like logo and mascot be? I don't think we don't need one at this point. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, like just magic just rock with this. Yeah, it's just like whatever. Washington football team. Let's like go. like the like on the hats is just like like Times New Roman, like the Washington football team. <laughs> <laughs> the comic sands, like we can just yeah, yeah, being super tapped in and they're kind of as you were describing and like, you know, that's something, you know, you're holding down your city, you don't want to leave, you wanna be able to move the needle musically and and obviously you're becoming super influential with, you know, having broken records and people trusting you. What are, you know, some of the relationships that you've made to be able to get you those kind of, um, you know, super high profile brand gigs and stuff like that. I'm sure a lot of the DJs listening would kind of love um, some insight on that. Um, so in DC, it's really, it's really kind of, it's hard to describe because you literally go from like not having any of those connections to having them all kind of overnight. This is a city where Boston is kind of the same way from what I've seen. This is a city where, you know, if we weren't in COVID, we would have just came off of new year's Eve and we would be getting ready for the inauguration. Like, so it's really about kind of like just networking and going out to other places that you wouldn't normally DJ and making connections with some different people. Like I would be talking, I would probably be talking to somebody who I knew worked for the DNC to try to get some of those corporate gigs over there, like get some of those inauguration night gigs. If I know like I want to get to a Nike, I might go DJ in, and I didn't do this purposefully, but like, I've DJed for different boutiques that were out here so that when these brands come in, it's not just so much, Oh, this guy is the popping guy. It's like, Oh, he understands retail and he understands mm-hmm. how these things work. So it's really just trying to like diversify your relationships and not just think in terms of like, who's the promoter I need to talk to, but who are like the brand reps or who are like the people that I need to connect with in that world that can get me to that because 
you can come to DC and be just straight corporate. You don't have to like one of my homies, uh, DJ Damo. She probably makes more money than all of us combined, <laughs> and she mm-hmm. never touches a club. Wow! Like, and she wants to touch clubs, and was like, "You don't need to." It's always a grassy You don't greener. need. To, you, like, yeah, like, like you don't need to do this. Yeah. Like this is like. Yeah, Stay over there. This is the dirty side. You don't want to be here. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be here because it's, it's grimy. Yeah. The, the money's nowhere near as much. And you know what I'm saying? You get to be you. And you get to fly around the country and just do corporate gigs. And everybody fucks with you. Right. Like, right. You know what I'm saying? Versus here, like, I'm competing with my, I'm competing with my homies. Like, right, I got to yeah. fight against, yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? To, like, just, yeah. to just make a dollar. So, right, right. I think, right. You know, the one thing I've, I've witnessed her do is like she just connects in, in you know, mingles with all the right people. Like mm. she's going to talk to Apple. You know, Apple opened a store here in D.C. Um, at the old Carnegie Mellon Library. She's going to talk to she went talk to like the, the management staff over there about doing like a program or something like over there some some shit that i wouldn't even thought about mm. and then you know a couple months later she's now programming the dmv playlist on apple music wow like, that's so fire you know what i'm saying <laughs> like so just fire. making just crazy connections yeah. but she's just like the master of networking wow shout out to that's her. where i say for yeah for like a lot of djs if you want to get to those type of lanes you just have to just talk to those people because it's the same thing with promoters. Promoters go with like the last person that they were thinking about or trust. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so if you were at the if you were at their table last week as a promoter and you right. bought them a couple drinks, they're gonna remember that. Right, right, right. I feel if that. you if you see an event that's happening, a corporate event in your city or something like that, or if it's a, you know a sports team, you know, go to the events that are happening and try to talk to the people that are there and you know, just make a connection and, and try to, you know, it, some, sometimes it might happen for you. Sometimes you might have to wait cause they're rocking with that current person and they're not, you know, they, right. you want know, to, you want a brand and a company that's going to be loyal to you. You don't want just like the next person to kind of come in, but just keep the relationship going and just keep your name in the hat until something pops up. Cause it always pops up. Right. Nobody, you know what I'm saying? is going to do everything forever. Like, I don't know if you've had Breck One on here yet. Like Breck One is like a master of that. Involved. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, the, the, I, we we talked about this briefly last time I saw you. Like the the scene and the DJ scene in Boston is so like there's like pockets, and certain mm-hmm. pockets won't ever mix with other pockets. You know what I mean? No, it's a very weird thing. It's there. mad. I and I remember I asked you, I, I was like, have you noticed that? And you go, yeah, I have. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's this weird thing where like, and it, I'm not saying I'm trying to break it. Like, I'm not trying to be the guy to break it. But like, you know, I've been able to do some of the events on this side and some of the events on that side, make my own events that kind of have DJs on both sides. Like, and, but it's just this weird, like, like some some dudes I've like gone up to and been like, yo, I fuck with you, I fuck with your work, like fuck whatever. Like, you know, I just wanted to shake your hand and they would literally just blow me off because they have full like awareness of like who I am. 
And like, and I'm just like, oh, like that's crazy. <laughs> and so, yeah. not to say that Breck is one yeah. of those dudes at all, but he because he's, um, you know, Breck is legend in the game. Um, boss, you know, yeah. as far as Boston goes, I've I have so much respect for him. But like, I haven't even had the opportunity to like reach to really him sit because, him, yeah. like, yeah, to sit with exactly because like there's a lot of space in between. You feel what I'm saying? And he's someone I would love to talk to. Like, um, he he did um. He did this um this Twitch party or like festival like a couple months ago that I was I was logged in the whole time because I thought it was so dope like he does such, such awesome. he had like four color Zach as like the the main event like it was just Word. like yeah it was just like insane like um but it's just weird the Boston scene is so like um you know like we talk grass is greener it's like you're either a club dude or you're not you're either like an underground dude or you're not like you're a radio guy or you're not some dudes can and- play multiple very very well. Um, but like I quickly, so fast, got like marked as a club guy. Like, oh no, like you only mm. do icon and whatever. And I'm like, no, like I also throw this party that's under in the basement of a bar, of a dive bar in Fenway. Like, <laughs> and we play Whitney Houston. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I wanted to that I wanted to do in Boston, and I, I didn't realize it almost until it was too late. Um, I wanted to start a party up there. Mm-hmm. So I can kind of bridge that gap because yeah. I realized kind of my privilege in being kind of like the out of town guy and always being around Jeff, who was like <laughs> my key to the city. He's um, everyone. He's everyone's key to the city. Shout out Jeff. I forgot what episode he was. He was like episode eight or whatever. But ch- check out the Je- episode I have with Jeff. <laughs> yeah, my Jeff is like my brother, man. Yeah, Jeff's um, the nicest guy in the world and has no reason to to still be that nice. <laughs> greatest, greatest. Like, I understand why he's been in the game so long just because of right. how he carries himself and how he just makes everyone feel so welcome and feel Facts. like they're a person. And Facts. it's a real relationship. And it's not just a transaction of like, hey, thanks, you know, for coming. Here's your check. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, um, I, yeah, absolutely. He, he really build that but being around him i was allowed to kind of see all the different lanes Mm -hmm. like i've done the w in boston i've never done the w in dc wow um i've done the in boston i've done the w i've done storyville i've done icon i haven't done done venue you've done venue i've done venue i've done house of blues yeah i've done Wherever that's in Fenway, the, Fenway that's Johnny's. Probably there. Fenway, Fenway Johnny's. Johnny's. I've done two other. I think two twenty two. Two twenty. Oh two, yeah, two, I remember. On I remember seeing you on that bill. Two twenty two. That's one of my favorite. Two twenty two. Um, uh, and some other party like uh, this other dope party. I think it was called Purple. You done Purple in the Good Life? Yeah, I've done Purple. Yo, so yeah. so last week's episode I interviewed the booking manager slash resident DJ of Good Life. So that's that's great. And we were talking we had yeah, like a whole I, we had a whole thing about Purple. Yeah, DJ Knife. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was one of my first parties I did up there. So I've done I've seen all yeah, the Yeah, those are venues. yeah, I was just about to say you've probably done more Boston venues than a lot of Boston teachers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I've seen all the different lanes and yeah. being in DC it's kind of a requirement to be the guy. You have to be able to do all the lanes. Yep. You can't just be like, you're going to have a very limited career. Exactly. If you just do just the club. 1000%. If you just do just the niche party. Yep. And what I wanted to do was set up a party and set up a space 
where I can just connect all you guys. You right, know what I'm right, saying? Right. Like, right. like try to pair. And I think that's what some of what Storyville Wednesdays was trying to get at. Yeah. They, yeah. Was, they, they would try and pair like people that necessarily wouldn't be together. Um, but then after but we was, did our joint, Jeff was like, nah, like anytime Malcolm's here, like you're here too. And I was like, oh, fuck. Bro, yeah, exactly. It. So it, exactly. It. <laughs> it becomes like, okay, we, we have these magical pairs and we know what's going to work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, at that point being kind of three, four years up there, I had seen every venue and I, I, I don't want to say I know what can work and know what is possible. If we start to kind of bring everyone together and make it make sense. Word. But it was one of my goals to try to make that happen because it's just like I noticed it in a couple other cities like that in Miami. There's the Winwood DJs yep. and then there's the, the South Live, Beach. Yeah, DJs. the Live DJs. Yeah, the Live. Yeah, it's yeah. a whole different world. Right. In Atlanta, there's you know what I'm saying there's Atlanta. It's like they're all club DJs, but it's like it's the really big club DJs. <laughs> Yo, Atlanta's it's insane, like, dude. <laughs> the, the hookah club DJs. It's, yeah, but it's there's there there needs to be intersectionality right for the whole entire city to thrive and everybody kind of learn off each other and really try to create an, a, a a dope economy for all djs to kind of win Word. and survive so yeah man like that was one of my big things that i wanted to make sure to happen because actually my first gig of 2020 was in boston last year and some venue i can't remember the name but it was the first time i'd ever been there and it was dope as hell it was like a restaurant in the front and you walk through the back and it was like this super dope club was it la like, fabrica la fabrica yes yes yeah yeah i've thrown mad parties there yeah that place is fire yeah yeah super fire place and i also noticed that like who who, who booked you, you got i can't remember the young girl's name and okay. i feel so terrible because she showed me nothing but love i think I, uh, if i had to guess it was a lightworks event because it was lightworks because yeah, they brought nightcrawler last they brought Nightcrawler recently as well. Shout out Nightcrawler, that's my guy. Um, yeah, Nightcrawler is super dope. Yeah, he is super dope. Um, yeah, it must um, it must have been a Lightworks event. It had to have been. Yeah, it was definitely Lightworks. So, um, I wanted to. I I I was like, this is the venue. Like, I got it. This is yeah, perfect. <laughs> yeah. We done. We've done two day one parties there. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, this is it. Like, I know how to bring what is happening in terms of culture and, and mixing and blending everything in DC up to Boston. Like this mm. is the perfect venue to kind of make it happen. And I also noticed as much as like R and B history as you guys have, you guys don't lean on it. Like there's no I know there's one R and B party. In DC there's like there's L R and B party. There's two. Three. There's three. There's, there's three. There's three. So there's Silk. Shout out Real P. There is... Ah, I'm going to butcher it. I'm going to butcher it. Um, I know who put them on. NYA. Now your average puts on... The, yeah, the, I'm, the, I'm cool with NYA. I'm cool with all of them. Uh, fuck. Shout out Kensworth. They put on Brown Sugar. And then... I even did that one. And then... Um, I did. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Um, Whoever was the homie that used to do the W, he was doing an R and B party at the W yep. with um. That's real peace, bro. That's silk. Girl. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Silk, cool. Yeah. So, I, I've seen that one. I've yeah. seen that one for sure. I didn't know NYA because I did NYA's brunch. 
when I was there. Yep, yep. So so the reason um, I was I was shook was because the other the other promoter the other promoter bent that I was thinking about does brown sugar with NYA. So that's why I was like two or three, but it's actually two because they work two. together on that. So shout out all them. But, like, um, but yeah, at the W yes. Real P, um, he's he's gonna be on the show in a, in a few weeks. Actually, that's my guy. Um, he and that party's so fire. Oh my god. Yeah, but so it's like. My last time that I did 222, or I can't remember the name of that venue. But <laughs> yeah, 222 is right. It's 222? 222, yep. Yeah. Uh, I forget who it booked me. I want to say it was um, Kareem. Kareem, yep. Yep. He had booked me. He had booked some DJ to go before me. And I don't remember their name, so I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say their name, but I don't remember their name. they played through everything. I was like, okay. Wait. Me and Kareem were, <laughs> yeah. me, and Kareem, <laughs> me and Kareem were sitting at the bar. Oh god. And we were just taking shots. And I was like, okay. Well well we when when Kareem, the thing about Kareem everything. when Kareem does an opener, it's always a newbie. Always. That's the thing about him. Like Cause if not, he'll be like, "Oh no, nah, y'all go back and forth." But then if it's a big headed DJ, like, like I'll end up opening or some shit. They don't want to do. Yeah, yeah you know what I'm saying. But so it was before. probably a newbie. I'm like, I'm not gonna lie, but that's because. Yeah, it was definitely a newbie. Yeah, it yeah. was like some. He was just like, "Yo, she's popping on IG." I was like, okay. Oh, <laughs> oh, I know exactly who it is. I know exactly <laughs> so, <laughs> who it is. So she runs through everything or whatever, right? So I'm like, "All right, cool." And I get on and I play like. I play like 15 minutes of hip hop and I'm like, I'm going all R&B for the next. And then you 222, <laughs> you can get away with that. I'm sure it did it go. Yeah. Well? Yeah, yeah. It went over and everybody was losing their minds. Yeah. And I was just like, this is such a normal thing in DC. Like when you saw money, like playing, like whatever, because he's just going to go left because he doesn't want to hit when anybody else hit. It was like, yeah, everybody's just, and I was like, okay, I can make this a vibe up here because yeah. Y'all aren't getting it. It seems like y'all aren't getting it enough. It's, so so the way the Boston market is, and that's what differs so much from D.C., from what you've explained and from what I've seen, because D.C. is so heavy, heavily populated with whether it be venues or parties, like you were just saying half an hour ago, like there's way – y'all DJ more. There's way more nights. Like there's just way mm-hmm. more. In Boston, if – if let, let, let's strip away the, the niche curated parties that the DJs put on, right? You literally yeah. have – um, just Friday and Saturday in the downtown clubs, or Friday or, or Thursday, Friday, Saturday in the Faneuil Hall, like Quincy Market, like uh, just then mm-hmm. that's like college bar seat. Like you don't want to go. Like once you're, well, honestly, once you turn twenty one, you don't have to go there anymore. <laughs> um, I say I've never, I've never even been over. No, there. you you don't want to be. Um, that's where like a lot of us like start. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot. It's very college, college vibe. Um, and then, um, and and then there'll be a random Tuesday that Jeff and his team is putting together because. Mm-hmm. They're Jeff and his team. They can do that. And then they're doing the yeah. Wednesday. Like, like they were the only ones because they've been in the game for fucking ever that were able to do that. So it was mm-hmm. literally like Friday, Saturday, and then whatever Jeff and his crew was doing um, on the on, on an off night. And, like, if there was an off night, that was the one place you went to. Now you yeah. add in and, – and those were all just, like, top 40, which turned into hip-hop, right? Like you, exactly. like you knew where you were and going a, to. There's a Latin Latin room on the side. Exactly, you know exactly. <laughs> um, so you knew like every single spot. Now you add in Silk at the W. You add in NYA Brown Sugar Fat wherever they're doing it at. 
you know, you add um, a party that they you add the wave on a Sunday the wave, in, Cam- yeah. in Cambridge. You add day one on a random Sunday. Um, we were going to start doing a, a weekly Friday free party, but COVID uh, got in the way of that. So now you have things that are able to add into the mix. Those are the spots mm-hmm. that you could go left at. And that's why it was so rare because if the if these DJs weren't or these like, you know, other promoters like Shout Out Bent weren't doing these like very specific events, then mm-hmm. you weren't gonna hear the the, the dude the dude like a, a DJ go left. So you doing it on a Friday night or whatever it was at, w- at one of the main venues is why like yeah. some people were probably breaking their neck on some like, oh shit, I usually only hear this on on a Sunday at five PM. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. And so I think that's what it was. I mean there are like again shout out real p he was able to be the r&b guy because he does that um mm-hmm. i definitely try and put it in the mix um and there are definitely djs who do it but it's like when you do do it like you get a like you get a representation even though to us it's like all i did was play a throwback or like just try something different for once but then they're like no that's yeah. the guy that's the guy who like that's the guy from dc that played the r&b that's him and when like you said you would be like in dc that's everybody like (laughs) that's a normal thing but i think like it should be some like it was like it's my goal or it should be somebody's goal to get new edition to pop up at some r&b party whenever you guys open back up (laughs) yeah 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 that would be fucking someone brought who fuck was it someone brought bobby valentino to 222 actually um for an for an art Bob, is Bobby Valentino from Boston? No, no, no. I understand what you're saying, but like, no, no, no. I understand <laughs> it's what you're like, saying. It's, it's but, not the but, same. <laughs> yeah, no, a thousand percent. Uh, I mean, yo, I, I mean, obviously, it's, anytime. But low key, like, I don't know if it's a generational thing. Like, you know, again, I just turned 26. Like, I, I'll play like, um, not can you say in the rain, but I'll play like if it isn't love, right? And like, mm-hmm. Roxbury, like, fucking, like, where's fucking Roxbury in the building? And like, the younger heads would just be like. And I'm like, okay. yo, I'm like, yo, where are your parents? Like, God damn it. Who raised y'all? Like, yeah. And that's why it has to be a curated. Arm. Yeah. Like, it has yeah. to be something that's like, they know what they're walking into. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. For them to kind of feel that. Cause I, I could get that. I, I can totally understand how that could go. Yeah. Like, but that's the thing about Boston being such a melting pot with all the colleges and shit. Like there'll be people popping up from like Louisiana or some shit going to school up in mm. BU. You know what I mean? And like, so you'd be like Roxbury. And like people are like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so it's 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 just weird, man. I mean, if you know when when things open back up again, you know, obviously I'll, I'll be on your side with that. You know, day one will be in your yeah, corner and sure. shit, like, because we're we're gonna be ready to go balls to the wall um, when shit opens up. Because like the scene is just gonna be so different. Like, whether it be a promoter, whether it be a DJ throwing the party, like it doesn't, it almost won't matter. You know what I'm saying? Like people are just gonna want no, the party. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like people are dying for it. Like yeah. to the point where they're going they're risking it in COVID. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, everybody's going to Atlanta Bro. to you know do <laughs> still work and still party. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's I'm very curious to see like DC I, we lost a ton of venues. Wow. Yeah, we lost a bunch. Well more, more restaurants. We haven't really lost too many venues yet. Um but. Yeah, like we lost Griffin. Griffin like, went down too? Griffin went down. Damn. That's crazy. legendary. Yeah. Legendary Just that one day I was there, like what dude, like that shit went zero to hundred real fucking quick, bro. Like I was yeah. I was standing there like, yo, the room is spinning. I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> yeah. Damn, that sucks. Yeah. Rest in we peace lost Griffin. Griffin, but we got we got a new spot called Victory that's gonna open up. So we we like it's been like a weird like 
there's spots that are going to be proving themselves when they come out. Um, one, a couple of the spots that I've been at, you know, wild days, uh, which is where we throw joy club throws our parties. at. Is that a club or a bar or a lot? Like every time I see videos of y'all at that spot, I like don't understand what it is. So it's on the rooftop of a hotel here Ah. in DC. Oh, so so it's it's an outdoor thing. No, it's indoor. But it's oh. like it's glass enclosed, oh. so it looks like it's outdoor. Oh, that, yeah, um, that's why I was so. I'm like, I don't get what this is. No, nah, yeah. it's it's a super dope spot because it's like you know you. It's literally it reminds you out of something out of New York. Like, yeah, if you've ever been to like Laban in New York, like mm-hmm. that's where Laban is at the Standard Hotel, mm. um, and it's like ten years ago. It was like one of the craziest experiences I ever it's seen because you you wait in line outside and you're waiting not to get into a club but to get into an elevator then you get into this elevator you don't know where the hell is taking you and you get upstairs and now it's like mind you they're only playing house music they're not playing like anything that you know like it's just that loungy shit yeah yeah but it's like there's a hot tub in the floor oh wow and it's like girls and guys too just getting naked and just going into the hot tub and it's just like what the fuck did i walk in <laughs> like yeah. the most new york thing that yeah, i've yeah. ever seen <laughs> and then you go up another level and then there's this rooftop terrace where you just see all of new york it's the most wow. beautiful thing wow. it's the closest thing that we have to in right. dc we don't have a hot tub <laughs> but the the actual rooftop of this place it used to be a pool so mm. it keeps the pool aesthetic. It has like the tile and all that stuff. Oh, that's fire. And it's like glass enclosed, but there's an outside deck. So there's tables on the outside. There's a bar on the outside. There's a whole fire pit that actually you can buy as a table. Wow, that's Somebody, fire. Yeah, so it's 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 a pretty dope venue. That and there's this other venue at the wharf that's new that's similar to it called 12 Stories, which was like one of my favorite places to dj um before everything closed down because now for me i'm not in the position where i really want to go back to doing any parties that aren't my own Mm. like i think now i'm at this position where it's like i'll just focus on doing my own shit i don't necessarily and no offense to anybody else but yeah yeah. i mean that's a pretty dope position to be in i'm not gonna lie yeah i just i don't want to go through the stress like of trying to break my neck to be working six seven nights a week like i want to like actually enjoy it and have fun not feel like i'm like chasing a check um so like i'll definitely keep doing 12 stories definitely keep wild days if griffin was still open i would have kept griffin of course because like that was just like fun else is like i i could let that go like i've lived that right but you know in boston like I'll let that be my club city. You know what I'm saying? I'll pop up there right. like every other month or something like that. Word. You know, just see what's happening, see what's popping. Word. Word. Yeah, you're always welcome. You know, as long as you got me and Jeff here, especially. <laughs> you're yeah, be, nah, man. You're always gonna be held nah, down. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, Tunes, like everybody like that's the one like, yeah. Everybody up there has showed me so much love. Like, I'll say this. What I was able to do in Boston you probably would have never been able to do in D.C. Because D.C. is very much who are you, where are you from, Mm. who'd you come with, 
Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're not from here, they're finna make it absolute hell for you. Right. Just to, like, get on or just to get a gig, just to, like, get anywhere. Like, you got stiff for a drink at Rose Bar because nobody knew who you were. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if, if somebody knew who you were, like, you wouldn't even have to pay for it. But, right. um, you know, me coming up to Boston, you know, starting at Jeff, literally everyone that I've ever met up there has shown me nothing but respect and love. And it's been, like, such an amazing experience that I can say, like, I haven't had that in any other city I've been Word. in. Like Word. it's like y'all have y'all have the hospitality thing. That's to crazy to hear, honestly. <laughs> shout, shout out hometown, man. Uh, <laughs> damn. I mean, I mean, you're you're a good dude, you know, and I think that that translates. Um, and you're a good DJ too. I think if you were actually shitty and you were like take out here taking uh, Boston DJs gigs, I think that's when you would run into trouble. But you know, I think it's one of those things that. Well, what we do, you know, speaking on to like the high level and technicality that we do have, like if you can show that you can do well and rock a party, like DJs will respect you. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. and if and if you make money for promoters, they will respect you. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. I think it's ultimately like this big circle of life where you did your job and you were cool. And like we're going to show that back. You know what I'm saying? Um, if you're a dick and Mr. Big, you know, big homie from D.C., like then people would be like, oh, no, like, fuck this guy. So I think it's <laughs> yeah. all, I think it's all one big circle. But um, what, what what's in the future for you? Where can people find you? Uh, what should people be looking out for? Um, so people can uh, find me always IG, Twitter, Malcolm underscore X. Um, in the future, uh, like I, I'm actually been making the move or outside of DJing and more into television and film production. Oh. Um, and really like sitting in that industry and learning it at a bigger scale and, and trying to work on some more infrastructure type things for, you know, the DMV music scene. Cause we have the artist, we have the talent, we have all that, but we're miss, missing those big infrastructure pieces. Um, so I'm working with a couple of people to try to establish that stuff here, you know? So when talent realizes, you know, they have good enough talent, they don't have to go to Atlanta, they don't have to go to LA. Right. to actually, you know, just make a record. You know what I'm saying? They could stay right here at home. And that way we can really, you know, build up a hub, especially when things open back up. Um, I, I think that'll make a huge difference in our nightlife scene, you know, when artists can be popping here, you know what I'm saying? And, and they can go to Rose Bar and they can be just as popping as whoever the host is they booked that night or whoever the IG model they, they booked that night. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm-hmm. that's like that's something that you go to Atlanta and you see and it's just like it's the wildest thing you know what I'm saying like most cities never get to experience that right and I, I really want us to experience it here because we we have the talent we got the personalities we have all the everything we just have that one missing piece so Dude, that's awesome. So yeah, everyone, please follow uh, Malcolm at, at Malcolm underscore X. It was a huge pleasure to have you. It's good seeing you virtually. Good to talk to yeah. you. And I'm, and I'm and I'm glad you're still doing well, man. And and I'm and I'm glad you know that you know you're doing things to keep yourself alive, your name alive. Um, and and it's it's good to hear that you're doing well. Yeah, man. No, thank you for having me. Like I said, you know, I'm happy to see you're doing this podcast and and doing something that's dope. You know, it's not just like it's about DJ culture right. because a lot of people don't 
you know know about DJ culture. It's just like they just show up and <laughs> we're supposed to play the records. But it's it's very dope that you're doing this, and I hope you know you're definitely starting in Boston. But I see this going so much further than that. You know, just keep going, keep grinding. Word. I hope so, man. I, I really appreciate that. Um, we'll talk soon. Hopefully I'll see you soon. Um, sure. and, and, and again, thank you so much for hopping on everybody. This is Malcolm Xavier. Please follow him as always. Please follow the producers at dope entertainment official, follow your host at give me snacks and please follow us at, but I know the DJ on Instagram and we'll see you next time. Thank you.